Make no mistake, summer has arrived. This is Way Over Our Heads, Weather and Climate Podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, are you drying out yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, the grounds just kind of, they just kind of sucked all that water in pretty easily. It was uh, it was a heavy rain, but we're, yeah, we're drying out. But you, you know, you said summer has arrived. And I thought you were going to say, and Jim Dubois is a happy camper. <laughs> I could have added that. Yes, and I am a happy camper because as you well know, and our listeners know, this is my kind of weather. Bring on the 90s, bring on the humidity. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a kind of murky. Do you like it when it's, I mean, I know you like thunderstorms too, and I love thunderstorms. We had a couple window rattlers earlier in the week. You a fan of those too, the nocturnal boomers? You know, Kenny, up. I like those as well. It doesn't do particularly well for my sleep, but you know, I, I like thunderstorms and I love a good heavy rain as long as it isn't flooding people. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed those nocturnal boomers. Uh, it's funny. This is probably uh, one of the only, I could, you can say boomer and have it mean something completely different. <laughs> it refers to thunderstorm. That's right. <laughs> and maybe for people who don't like thunderstorms, they're probably right now saying, okay, boomer to me. I mean, okay, <laughs> it's boomer, entirely yeah. possible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's possible. The, um, yeah, what, what a weather pattern that we've been in. I would not say it's equalized, but in my day job doing climatology, we have to think about uh, drought and things like that. And the thunderstorms in parts of central Minnesota put a dent in the drought. Now, they did not wipe it out. We are by no means out of the woods. But, uh, you know, the area, just to kind of recap, we had very heavy rains on the 28th and 29th in mostly southern Minnesota, Renville County, Sibley County, kind of then the Mankato area over towards the southeastern half of the Twin Cities. That was kind of the first wave. And then we had more thunderstorms the next night around uh, Little Falls. And those Little Falls storms also produced copious rains. We're talking some of these areas got six, seven, eight inches of rain. The first evenings was a little bit more widespread. The second one was more concentrated. But there have been kind of thunderstorms and just this really humid weather around uh, for the last few days. So a uh, good stormy pattern and it's been humid. I'm sure listeners have noticed the humidity. Well, yeah, walking outside, you could really feel the humidity. And I was registering dew points here in the low 70s. So it definitely was close, as they say. Yeah, the, the temperature and dew point are pretty close together, especially in the morning. You know, it's a good humid air mass. We really got our first push of it on Sunday evening, and then and then it kind of doubled down on Monday. And now here we are on Wednesday, and it just feels like, you know, it's been around for a long time. It's spread throughout the state, so it's a kind of widespread, warm, humid air mass. Uh, and it's going to get hot. You know, once we get out of this soup, so we're recording it on Wednesday. We've got a kind of weak front coming through that's putting some clouds in the area and it's actually going to keep temperatures down but on thursday there's not going to be much left of it and by thursday friday saturday you know the weekend i think we're just going to be plain old hot right into early next week looks like a good time and that's the fourth of july 
And uh, I think, you know, this will be a year for getting in the water and, uh, you know, staying hydrated because it's going to be hot. And we are exceeding the norm right now in terms of the number of 90 plus degree days, correct, for where we normally should be at this point in summer? Yeah, you know, we're a little bit, I mean, it's, it's not a landslide. We were off to a much faster start because the first half of the month we put on quite a few of those. The second half of the month of June, which is now over, and finished kind of, think of it as a top 10 month for warmth in the state out in western Minnesota. It was more like top five up towards, say, Duluth. It was actually also top five. But most of the state, Twin Cities, it was kind of a top 10 for warmth. We did not have a blockbuster number of 90-degree days, except out in, in western Minnesota where they had a lot of high 90s and even some, some 100s. We're, uh, I'd say, a little bit ahead. You know, the last few days we didn't get 90s. We just, here in the Twin Cities, we had, you know, 86, 88, 87. So it was nice and, and toasty, but, but nothing unusual. You know, the long-term average is, you know, 14 or so. If you use some of the climate normals, it's closer to 11. But that's total days in the summer where you get above 90 degrees in the Twin Cities. And you can basically add maybe 60 to 80 percent to that out in western Minnesota and maybe shave off half of it as you go to the north. But yeah, we're, we're a little bit ahead, but that's not, I think, the signature climate mode so far this early summer has been hit or miss very heavy rains and uh, predominantly warm and dry conditions. If I had to write a report on the summer to date, that's what we'd focus on. But there's still two good months left in meteorological summer, so that, that report is far from written. I'm guessing some folks might wonder why we haven't seen more severe weather in the last couple of days. Thinking back to Sunday, June 28th, you know, it had that feeling, and uh, then the last couple of days, you could walk outside in the morning and just feel that humidity and feel that the fuel potentially for severe weather was out there. Yet there wasn't a widespread outbreak. Uh, a lot of people, I think, would, would say, boy, that really seemed like the ideal kind of weather for severe storms. Why didn't we see a widespread severe weather mm. outbreak? You know, severe weather outbreaks are kind of finicky. And our observations as, as people are actually somewhat subjective. And we, we tend to, you know, we tend to make connections and see patterns. And we sometimes, in doing so, we might forsake the details. So I think we've all observed that if you have a big thunderstorm, a really big, you know, maybe even a destructive one or a tornado, that the weather in the hours leading up to that is usually pretty muggy. And so we tend to, I think, associate when it gets muggy, we kind of have this expectation that this has to end and it's going to end and there's going to be a storm. Uh, I remember in the summer of 1988, which was just unbelievably hot and occasionally very humid and also very dry. But I just remember because I was younger and I was trying to put all the pieces together and I was thinking the same thing. It's so warm. It's so humid. Why aren't there storms? But, you know, the fact is to get storms, you really need a lot of things to come together. You need, well, you need the moisture, which we clearly have. You also need instability. You need, in other words, you need there to be a situation in the atmosphere where the warm and humid air at the surface could actually rise. 
And a lot of times in the summer, the warm and humid air at the surface is also overlain by other warm and pretty humid air. And so there's no real change and not a, not a sharp enough change in density in the atmosphere. And so the air can't really rise. You also need lift. So even if you have that moisture and the instability, in other words, you've got a lot of moisture and humidity in the air, and you also have a condition where the air could rise, you still need a mechanism to actually get it rising. Some kind of a, usually it's a weather disturbance or a front or some kind of an impulse. And then the last thing that you also need is you, you need a way for the air near the surface to converge in the area where it's being lifted so that the thunderstorms can kind of form and be maintained rather than just have these very isolated showers and thunderstorms. And so we, we had those ingredients on, I guess it would have been Sunday night where we really had those ingredients coming together. And I think a lot of people probably noticed a very calm situation before the storms moved in. It was almost eerie. And then it was, we just got pounded. But really the last few days, we've had plenty of moisture. We haven't really had the lift and that surface convergence that you need to get those thunderstorms going and to maintain them. So, you know, it's a kind of finicky, kind of particular checklist that thunderstorms have. But that checklist isn't always ticked off uh, on the days where you have the, the warmth and the humidity. That's just a, one very important set of ingredients, but there's other things. Well, we're coming up on what for many people will be a long weekend, the July 4th holiday weekend. It'll be a different July 4th this year in the era of COVID-19, but for a lot of people it means getting out, getting about, maybe going up to the cabin for an extended weekend, maybe taking a vacation somewhere. And Kenny, I know in your day job you've put together a little report on July 4th climatology. What does July 4th often bring to us this time of the year? Are there any patterns that we can talk about? I mean, the main thing that I think everybody can agree on is it's the sort of informal middle of Minnesota's summer. It's almost the highlight of summer. And, you know, people are generally out and about. It's a recreational bonanza. People have a lot to do most of the time in normal years. And meteorologically, it is by far the most sort of consistently hazardous holidays. I mean, you know, you can think of Christmas or the kind of famous Thanksgiving snowstorms and the, the, the winter holidays. Certainly, you know, you can have snowstorms on, in Christmas time or Hanukkah, right around that area. You can have, you know, cold air outbreaks. But they're really, I mean, and everyone's probably got memories of those sorts of things. But they're not as common as, you know, almost every 4th of July. If it's not on the day itself, then it's within a few days either side of it. Almost every 4th of July, you either have intense heat or heavy thunderstorms producing possibly severe weather and possibly very heavy rains. In some years, we've had all three of those in Minnesota. So July 4th of 1999, we actually had extreme heat in southern and southwestern Minnesota. We had a raging derecho or long-lasting devastating windstorm tearing through the northern part of the state from morning into afternoon. And this is the one that went through the Boundary Waters. People might not remember that before it hit the Boundary Waters, it actually originated in North Dakota. And this thing was, uh, you know, blowing anemometers, uh, hit, making them hit about 80 to 90 miles an hour as it tracked through 
the prairies of northwestern Minnesota. And then when it got to northeast Minnesota, it was producing the strong winds. It also produced very intense rains and there was some flooding there. But yeah, almost every 4th of July has some kind of hazardous weather. So I am I would say that's the theme that I have noticed is that, you know, it might not be on the 4th. It might be the day before, the day after, but you usually have one of those things to talk about, either a good old heat wave or a good old-fashioned heavy thunderstorms. Well, Kenny, I assume this July 4th we're going to be talking about uh, hot weather, correct? And probably not especially stormy weather? Yeah, it looks to me anyway like a good hot 4th of July. I don't think we can set records in most places because, you know, we've had some really hot weather. July 4th of 2012. Do you remember that? I mean, I do. Did everybody not? How did how did we not just turn into human puddles <laughs> in the in the Twin Cities? The low was 81. Ugh, the high was 101. And you can't have a low of 81 without thinking, well, the dew point must have been raging. And the dew it was in the mid 70s for most of the day. At 7 p.m., it dropped down to I think it was 71 or 72. So it was hot. We did not cool down at night at all, and it was humid, and there were no thunderstorms throughout most of Minnesota that day. It was just a hot, humid 4th of July. I don't think we're going to quite be in that territory, but you know, the moisture that we have around right now, kind of the middle of the week, is either going to surge back into the state or kind of double down. So by the time we get into Saturday, it should be good and humid across most of the state. I'd say temperatures, 80s in northern Minnesota, 90s in southern Minnesota, maybe some very rare high 90s or possibly getting near 100 in western and southwestern Minnesota. That is several degrees shy of daily temperature records on kind of all fronts. But it does look like, you know, a good, hot, humid July 4th. I could see some storms up in northern Minnesota. You know, Jim, one of the themes of our show is we talk about interesting or hazardous weather, right? I mean, we talk about, seems like we talk about thunderstorms and snowstorms a lot, probably because there's more to think about and more to react to than just, you know, clear, fair weather. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that, Kenny. (laughs) There's more to talk about, too. Exactly. It's more interesting. And so I guess as our service to listeners, we could probably help them, you know, learn a little bit about why you get that kind of hazardous weather. And and the real simple kind of first take home lesson is just like everything else, when you're talking about the weather, all the action is right near a transition zone or right near a boundary. And for us, we're talking about air mass boundaries. And the reason I say just like everything else is because just look, politically, Things always happen near borders. If you go into the ocean or if you're really interested in scuba diving or if you're interested in snorkeling or whatever, you see all of life is not in the deep ocean or in the really shallow ocean. It's in the transition zone where the depth is changing kind of quickly. This is also true ecologically as landscapes shift. And it's also true meteorologically as you change air mass as all the really interesting weather is right on those air mass boundary in those air mass boundary regions and northern Minnesota is going to be kind of on the northern end of this warm air mass. So I wouldn't be surprised after that long, 
that long symposium on uh, <laughs> on how weather on how weather organizes itself near boundaries, I wouldn't be surprised to see some heavy thunderstorms in the northern parts of Minnesota. Now, that's a pretty that is the official vague cast from Kenny Blumenfeld. <laughs> vague um, cast, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do that. We got to trademark that one. But the, uh, you know, I would say the farther north you go, the more likely it is that you will see afternoon or evening thunderstorms uh, over the weekend. But you're right. It predominantly for most of us, I think the story will just be the heat and it won't really be until the following week where we get into a more active pattern where we could actually see more widespread thunderstorms. But all that said, one of the wild cards whenever you have an air mass like this, Jim, is that it's it's warm and humid. And if thunderstorms do form and they do kind of organize into the, one of those big conglomerates, those mesoscale convective systems, they can plow into the warm and humid air and kind of throw off your forecast for a day or so. It would be foolish to rule it out entirely. But I would say barring one of those, we're going to be warm and humid, hot and humid for the 4th of July. And then for the days following. Well, enjoy the long 4th of July weekend. Celebrate in style as much as you can, given COVID-19. Stay weather aware, stay hydrated. It's going to be hot and humid. And um, Kenny, we'll uh, connect again next week and uh, sort of talk about how the 4th of July weekend panned out, unless we get some kind of weather situation that warrants a special edition of Way Over Our Heads. And you never know. That is always possible. Absolutely. It's always possible. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time, Jim. (laughs) Sounds good, Kenny. Have a wonderful July 4th. We'll talk to you soon.